Welcome everybody to a special episode of the Undisrupted Podcast. I'm Carl. And I'm Adam. And uh, this is a different episode for us. We're gonna, if you're watching the video stream of this, you may notice we have some different outfits for this. We've decided to, to make this special episode just on trending topics. And so, no special guest today. Um, Adam and I are going to uh, kind of debate topics kind of uh, quickly as we go through this. So those of you that are watching at home, you'll actually see a clock on the screen. Those of you that are listening, uh, you'll just trust us when we tell you our two minutes is up. Uh, Adam, any first thoughts before we get into this? Um, all I do is win, 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 no matter oh. what. Oh, <laughs> you're going to do the, uh, <laughs> let's get ready to rumble. All right, here we go. First topic's up. What do they got for us? Uh Oh, remote learning. Okay. Uh, so uh, I'll go first real quick. So remote learning. Yes, this, this I think is a challenge that most schools are dealing with right now because you have all these schools. This is middle of July, late July are trying to decide, do we have kids come back? Do we do a hybrid model? Do we just have them learn from home? And I will tell you as a parent, uh, we're really struggling with this idea of like, what is it going to look like? What's the curriculum going to look like? And then not even to mention, what about the bandwidth? Uh, what is your thoughts? What do you what do you think on this, Adam? What's the remote learning look like for you? You know, remote learning is here to stay. That's that's just where I'm at with this. We need to figure out how to make it work forever. It's not a patch. I think when we left March 13th, we'll always live it'll a day that will live in infamy, where <laughs> the, the world pretty much shut down and as it stands for the K-12 districts. So we have to really look at this remote learning is here to stay, so we have to make it better, and it's not just a patch. So I think even now, a lot of districts are trying to put some kind of patch on it and make it until we can bring everybody back with the regular learning. Uh-uh, uh-uh, yeah. no way. <laughs> I love that term, regular, yeah. <laughs> And it's almost yeah. like it has to be, if it's not in person, then it must not be real, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, but it's, and here's the thing, remote learning is not going to be the fit for every student everywhere, but we have to figure out a way to make it better. You know, whether we take something like a, like a Roblox or a Minecraft or dare I say it, second life kind of approach to uh, <laughs> teaching and learning. I mean, hey, Ready Player One, that's, that's where we're going with this. They, you had me until you said Second Life. I mean, if you'd gone with Fortnite there in the example, I might have been agreed. I might have agreed with you, but uh, we're going to have to just pass on that when it comes to Second Life. But yeah, I do think there is some room for this. I, I see a world where maybe virtual learning is similar to the Ready Player One, where maybe the kids are putting on the goggles and they're looking around and they're their classmates. I mean, there's already some mock-ups and models of that coming. So yeah, that's. Uh, I feel like that's where I stand on it. No, we didn't really. We didn't really battle that. We kind of agree too much on it. So let's try this next one. We'll see how we go on this next one. Next point. Here we go. Ooh, data limits. Um, I'm going to start. There shouldn't be any. <laughs> there, <No>. go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And here is the problem that we ran into. You know, you have a lot of cell phone carriers that are saying, hey, for 20 bucks, you can have a limited data with our access points. But when you have a lot of these carriers, they don't have the mechanisms on the back end to manage those. They're MiFi hotspots the way a product like a Khajiit or some of those other companies have. But when you start dealing with some of those companies, then you're running into those data caps and figuring out how to pool your minutes. And then it's a, it's a, it's a game of putting minutes here or there for those students who aren't connected because like what we're doing right now we're on zoom right now doing this right and so whether you're talking about zooms teams we don't need data limits i mean i'll tell you i'm freaking out I, we've got i've got three kids and all of them are gonna be doing synchronous instruction in the fall which means all three of them on a zoom call on each of their individual devices while i'm actually trying to work and do other zoom calls at the exact same time 
this is going to be a problem, man. I mean, I, I it's, it's, it, you want to talk about another, another gap in equity and concerns. I mean, all of a sudden, okay, so let's say that magically we can give everybody a hotspot and they have some access to this. Now all of a sudden it's the haves and have nots in terms of like, you no, know, how much, what's, you know, what are you pushing through your pipe? Right? Yeah. And it's, it's definitely going to be one of those things. And we're going to, I'm going to date myself with this one. Uh, call me after nine or call me on the weekends. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're free after nine, yeah. free after nine, free on the weekends. I mean, that's where we are right now with data limits and data caps back when we had to counter minutes on our cell phones because that was a thing. I think we need to move away from that and just realize no data caps, give access. The only thing that I, I can see them really putting the caps on our speeds, but even that, that's, that's going to be another topic that I, I don't even want to get down. I don't have enough time for that. You don't. We only got a few seconds left, so I'm just going to say, on that, yes, when it comes to data limits, we need to be worried about it. All right, next. Oh, a fun one. I'll let you go first on this one. TikTok. All right, TikTok. Uh, it, isn't that the thing that we are trying to ban because it's coming from China or something? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I saw a report just a week ago that Amazon, I think, is banned. Well, well, Amazon retracted. But originally, they were banning it from their employees from using it because of the data leakage. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. I, I think people are moving in that direction, but I don't know if everyone understands what that means because we haven't really had conversations around truly what kind of data leakage we're talking about and whether or not TikTok has put the, the parameters in place to secure user data. And, and matter of fact, any of these products, we because we signed those user agreements uh, and use the app because we want to use the app. No one reads those things. No. I think if somebody came to my house right now, if Apple came and said, hey, you promised us your second born child when you agreed for that last <laughs> update. I'm like, oops, sorry, yeah. sweetie. Yeah, sorry, you got to go. <laughs> I almost feel like there needs to be one of those disclaimers that they have on those uh, commercials where it's like at the end, like this may cause all sorts of problems, including data leakage. <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Next, uh, phishing scams. Ah, the new way of getting into all sorts of things. I'm sure you've, I, you and I have both talked about this. We've had problems with this in the past, not not us personally, but we do know of certain administrators. Uh, so, what are your thoughts on phishing scams? The biggest thing with phishing scams, we have to do a better job of identifying the targets that we're going to have in our district. Yet, anybody can be a target. But I think as tech leaders, you have to figure out who are going to be your high priority targets, the people who have a lot of emails going back and forth and target those people in, within your district. You have to go after those people. You have to have a plan in place. I think we had a guest that talked about, uh, I think it's Sandra. She was talking about yeah. what she does when she catches somebody, you have to go through that class. She locks them out of their account until they complete those class. There's got to be consequences if you click on that link, because if you click on a real one, you're not only putting yourself at risk, but you're talking about all your stakeholders, all your students. Here's the thing, and it's not like, and, in the, and it used to be in the olden days, remember, it was like, watch out for the Nigerian prince that's promising you a billion dollars. <laughs> and I mean, there's still those, but I think now they've become so sophisticated that I've even seen now where they have it to where when you reply, uh, it also generates a reply back to you. So it's almost yes. like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. And it's like, it'll, it, it's almost like they know that you're trying to reply because we've taught them, make sure you reply and make sure it's really me. And then they're like, yeah, it's really me. And like, okay, it must be you. I'm going to click on the link. I mean, they're getting more sophisticated by the minute, man. I mean, I had one. I'm the I was the coasting president of, in the state of Georgia for their chapter, and they actually knew that I was and went after the president of our organization and sent one said with my name in it, saying that I needed her approval for a two party check. Yeah, yeah, they're they're coming after you. So you have to look. You have to look at the details in that email to see who it's from. And that's one of those things we keep telling our, our teachers. If you if you're not sure, click on the full email to see what that email address actually is. 
you're right, going well, to get caught if you don't. I'm, I'm, I'm going to type an email to Mike Morath, who's the TEA commissioner here in Texas right now, and see if I could fish something out of him. Uh, <laughs> no. All right, next. Uh, oh, this is a good one. So learning pod. So I don't know if you're getting this in your area, Adam, but this started out in Northern California. It's, it's made its way here in Austin. What these are is essentially there's neighborhoods that are starting to band together through Facebook groups, moms, dads, getting together and saying, we're going to, if there's going to be virtual learning or remote learning, we're going to create these little pods at home where kids can actually like, you know, sec, uh, three or four second graders get together. And, and a lot of them are actually, they're hiring tutors, they're hiring teachers. So um, I, I, I see it. I, first of all, I think it's kind of neat that it's spun up, but, but the counter to that is lucky for those people that can actually do it, right? Yes. I mean, it's a whole issue of inequity that you're running into because you're going to have situations where you don't necessarily have the stay-at-home moms or stay-at-home dads that can do that. And so you're going to have latchkey kids in those other areas that are going to have to deal with this scenario and so a learning pod is going to be the older sibling or is going to be the one who is yeah. the most responsible watching everybody else doing this whole learning pod situation so that's that's that factor you know when you hear the american pediatrics association saying school is where kids need to be yeah yeah but it's just like saying you know the best place for you is in your house except when your house is on fire yeah so, you know we got to we got to keep that in mind <laughs> Yeah, don't don't just stay in there. I do I, the AAP. That statement drew me crazy. They they backed off of it a little bit, but uh, yeah, I think this is an interesting scenario too because I've I've shared it with some friends and they're like, well, what do you want us to do? I mean, we can't invite kids from like poor neighborhoods into our houses because we're not supposed to be intermingling. And I'm like, I I think this is an opportunity actually for businesses to step up to the plate and say, hey man, we're going to provide either areas or services or or maybe even just like you were saying with the Wi-Fi thing earlier, like maybe a, maybe you. you tie in with a Comcast or some sort of uh, internet provider and say, hey, we're going to provide this in your house um, and, and then donate that. I mean, I think there are businesses that are making a ton of money right now on this. I mean, look at all the all the yard signs in our house. I walk around at someone's birthday down the street because they got those giant letters, you know, like whoever that oh, yeah. company is, they should be donating toward this. I mean, it's one of those things we have to figure out a better way to do this than what we have right now. But like you said, we're all open to ideas. Yep. All right, virtual backgrounds. This is a fun one. Uh, Adam, what are your thoughts on virtual backgrounds? Professional? Not? Are they good for learning? Well, here, here's the thing that I think a lot of people are missing with virtual backgrounds. And I'm, I'm glad a lot of these platforms are now allowing users just to blur out their backgrounds because there's a whole set of privacy issues now that you're tearing the, the lens behind when you're asking a kid to turn on the camera in their classroom. I could be, I mean, in their home, I could be embarrassed about where I live. And now you're wanting to see where I'm living in my home so having that virtual background for a kid it could be that perfect example to protect themselves heck even an adult i don't want you to know what's going on in my household right now so i could put on that virtual background <laughs> you're no fun man i was like i was all in for like let's these are fun man we should just have them and there there are but you're right it does it, the privacy part of it it's kind of nice if those platforms allow it i will say that i've seen them used educationally even like you were saying okay guys we're gonna do a virtual field trip I want you to go find a background of the place that we're studying, put it behind you. And now you're going to do a tour of this place, basically pointing out things as you go. So, eh. yeah. Uh, okay. Last couple browser history, two minutes, <laughs> <laughs> not yours personally. <laughs> See, here's the thing that we're also running into as many devices that we're sending home. Who's using that device? Yeah, we have filters on the on the devices. They're going through there. But if it's in the house, anybody could use that device. We're talking about mom, dad, shady uncle who wears sunglasses and hats inside, you know, that kind of guy. Um, yes. <laughs> so th 
those are those things you have to look out for when you're getting browser history. And what are you doing? I mean, the last thing I want to do is personally out a student based on their browsing history of a parent requesting their browser history. You know, that's not that, a conversation I want to have. No, and we talked about this on I think on one of their earlier podcasts too. It's like there's a there's a point where a school district puts itself in a predicament, and I do think that we do have we have our our you know kids are the first thing. And we have to keep an eye you know keep an eye on them and make sure we're protecting them and, and, and abide by all the laws. We want to look out for that objectionable material. But it's interesting because sometimes I've seen people get too locked down on it too. Now that's a whole nother debate when we talk about filters, but you're right. I think that browser history, I mean, it's almost like you imagine you go into the library and you're going to check out some books. And the, if you're a student who's interested in something that you don't want your parents to know about, you yeah. know, is that point as a librarian, is it your job to then report to mom and dad, like, Hey, your kid was looking up something about, I don't know, getting tattoos or, I mean, that's a light topic. I'm, I'm being light here, but I mean, there could be something even more that thinking about, you know, transgender or, um, you know, just gender identity in general. And all of a sudden mom and dad are like, oh, we want nothing to do with that. So where's our role as a librarian in that case, or in our case as a tech guy, mm -hmm. do we do we out them? Or even having teachers, some of the searches that they're doing. I mean, yeah. it's, it, it gets kind of dicey because I, one district I was in, I was required any type of thing that were caught by our web filter to send to the principal to review. And it was a teacher that was having a, I'm assuming determining what was going to be the best choice for her and her spouse with their child. And so that was one of those things that I didn't want to get involved in. And I was like, hey, you're going to have to subpoena me for this. There you go. Uh, <laughs> all right, last one. We put five minutes on the clock for this one. This is be the, okay. Chromebook versus iPad. People keep all the time I hear about this, man. It's like if people want to mm -hmm. debate it. Uh, I have my own thoughts on this. So um, what do you want to take a side on this one? I, I, I know where I want to go. Obviously, I'm the iPad guy. It was like people call me that for years. And I could say I could uh -huh. take either side, honestly, now, but. You know, you, what? I, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take the Chromebook right now. You know, I'm, I'm gonna pick right, the go. Chromebook side, all right? So here's my thing. We wanna get as many students devices as possible. Chromebooks have hit the price point in the right space. And as technology departments, they are pretty much turnkey. Turnkey, man. There's no imaging of these bad boys. You can manage, guess what? You can manage the user accounts. Yeah, 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 Apple's just getting on board with that. Yeah, Chromebook, yeah, we got there. that a lot. Yeah, just getting there. Yeah, yeah. Chromebooks, we got that a lot. We can wipe these bad boys. We can lock them down. We can put them in containers and groups. I mean, from an IT standpoint, Chromebooks are so easy to manage. That's awesome, man. And I love that they're easy to manage. That's great. Um, however, what about learning? Because I feel like that's why we buy these devices, right? We want kids to be able to learn on them. And, and while you can do things, you can go, that's great. You can go on Google Docs, you know, awesome. By the way, you can do that on an iPad too. You can also yeah. do a lot of other creative things. You know, you can get on there and actually have those uh, those apps that don't require internet. And I know there's some ways you can do the off, uh, you know, offline learning with Chromebooks, but when it comes to iPads, I still feel like their price point has actually come down. And by the way, thank you, Google. I'm gonna say that, thank you, Google, because you Apple brought its price down. I mean, they're 299 now, 280 for whatever for the educational discount and the management is still a little bit of an add-on there. There's some additional costs with those. I will say this though, I feel like at least I know an iPad is going to last more than three years. Ooh, you in there. You in there. You in there. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I haven't heard of a Chromebook lasting very long. I mean, like, I mean, you hope for four years, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you hope. I mean, but you know, you don't have to worry about all those screens cracking and those headphone jack things <laughs> and, you know, the touch not working anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that there. But you know, now, I mean, with all the with all the uh, the free resources that Apple puts into the the, the their professional development. Um, wait, maybe I shouldn't go there because they do actually charge for some of that too. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be careful with that one. I didn't mean to go that path. No, I think you're. I think I think the truth is. I mean, I think there's. I, I mean, I see a win-win in some cases. And with a with a, if you give me a the pro, I've seen kids just whizzes on those pros, those twelve-inch pros with a pen with a pencil, which only costs you know what ninety bucks, eighty bucks. No <laughs> yeah, every, every district has that. <laughs> it's not. No, wait a minute. But I mean, giving that kind of a tool and putting that in the hands of a of a teacher or a student, I just see there's the creativity is just through the roof, and I just feel like it's a lot less clunky than a Chromebook. Oh, well, you know what? Chromebooks, you're talking about, you don't have to worry about viruses on a Chromebook. When was the last time you've seen a virus on a Chromebook? Huh? Or an what iPad. <laughs> well, you, well, you know what I'm getting at here? I do. They're, I got you. They're both good. Yeah. yeah. And I guess, I guess in some cases, it kind of depends on, you know, I feel like you can kind of, you know, now, now I'm making the argument for both. But <laughs> that yeah, is, yeah. I think there's, it's just like anything else. Remember, back in the day, it used to be Windows versus, versus Mac right mm -hmm. um and, and, and if you're a tech guy you know you know where you stood on that one right so you had to be you had to be windows because that's what you could you could re you could re-image it you could do all these crazy things with it. you could break open the box and apple's proprietary and all that but you're right i think at some point it's like man maybe it's just about exposing kids to lots of different operating systems and seeing yeah. what, what sticks right yeah because really uh you know all jokes aside it all comes down to getting the best tool for the job you know i'm all for if you a kid want to go around and take photos and videos you're not going to walk around a chromebook you know it makes more sense to pull out your tablet um and and use the camera on your tablet or your phone and take that video i mean even when you look at editing video you have iMovie out of the box with an ipad a whole lot smoother unless you get something like uh what is it we video on the chromebook yeah. and utilize that so each of these products are, are great. It all depends on the tasks that you're trying to handle. And as you said earlier, giving the kids the exposure because they need to be able to hop into any classroom, utilize any platform and not be disrupted by whatever device is in there. That's right. You want to keep them undisrupted. And especially when you think about a lot of times with, with devices, I mean, a lot of, the, the one thing I would say for anybody out there listening is, I mean, I know management is important and we talk about, you want to lead with learning as best you can please don't let it be the testing. And I know that a lot of times, unfortunately, oh, yes. we are stuck in that situation where it's like testing mandates that we have to have X, Y, and Z. Um, and I think that's just the, the, the reality of the world. We don't, we don't have unlimited funds. We can't be one-to-one -one teachers um, because that's obviously would be awesome too. But it's, uh, I think what's going to come down to it, it's just a managed, it's management, testing, learning, how much you can get that kind of sweet spot. Yeah, the, the best thing I can say about testing, it freed up a lot of money to buy a lot of devices when we decided to test online. So thank you, testing, for that, I guess. <laughs> those funded mandates be careful of that yeah <laughs> all right everybody that was trending topics uh with adam and carl uh thank you guys for joining this special episode i gotta get to where we do our little outro here okay yeah this has been the undisrupted podcast brought to you by future ready schools he's adam and he's carl and remember we're better together and we are better undisrupted, undisrupted. This podcast is made possible by the generous support of Amazon Web Services.